Hello and welcome to the Dad Mindset Show. I'm your host, Richard Bolas, and each episode I explore different perspectives on fatherhood with the aim of becoming less bad at being a dad. This episode, I talk with Luke Hines, a father of two and a shining light of growth mindset. If something's not uh, difficult and annoying and uncomfortable, then you're probably not learning much and maybe think I should make sure I do a bit more of that. Luke also shares pearls of wisdom, such as how much more later in life we'll probably value our current time with our kids. One day, you know, when you're 80 and you've, you know, who knows, you've retired with heaps of money, you know, you'd probably spend a hundred grand just to come back and have 10 minutes with your kids. Luke is an all-round inspiration and I always enjoy catching up with him. I hope you enjoy listening to him just as much as I do. Luke Hines, welcome to the show. Thanks, Richard. It's, uh, it's good to be here on this lovely day and, and I'd like to say probably the, the best smashed avocado and eggs I've had in ages, so thanks for that. <laughs> Don't tell everybody they'll all come over. <laughs> no, I absolutely love this house, by the way. Um, and you guys built this house, didn't you? Yeah, we were really lucky. Um, Jane, my wife, her, her, her dad is a builder and he always said to her, look, I don't know if I'll be able to help you out financially in life, but I can always build your house. And um, so we bought this block and Jane pretty much designed it. We got someone to draw up the plans, but she kind of did the designing. And um, yeah, he built it. And I was lucky enough that um, I got to be his laborer for the whole process, which was pretty awesome. Oh, just great spending time with your father-in-law. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. A really cool way to kind of bond with him. Uh, well, I mean, so um, how long ago would that be? About four, five, no, five, six years? Yep, six years, I reckon. Because I remember walking past this block when it was being built and just marveling going, oh, I love that house. Because it, it is very different to the, the ones around it. Yeah, and I reckon it's a little bit polarizing. Like there's lots of recycled wood and, you know, it's covered in um, kind of untreated wood and galvanized iron. And so it definitely strikes a chord with some people, but not with other people. Yeah, it's great. Love it. And the garden too. Ah, oh, good, good. Good good spot, Luke. You've done well. <laughs> Cheers. How does it work out with the, the family? Because, I mean, you've got two girls, haven't you? Yeah, um, two girls. It's, I don't know, it's, our house is, um, it's average size for probably 20 years ago. I think it's 14 square or something, um, which some people think is a pretty small house these days. But, no, we totally all fit in. I don't know, we've got two girls, which they might not be as loud or, you know, trashing the place as much. So it might be easier for us to fit into a smaller house. Um but actually, we were talking about it just this morning at breakfast, the girls talking about some friends that had moved houses. And they said, so when are we going to move? And I was like, well, to be honest, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to move. This house suits our purposes now. And probably even once you're older to move out, it'll probably still suit our purposes. And I'm like, and I love this house. We built it. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. We, we really like it here too. So they weren't like, this house sucks. Let's get out. Um, <laughs> dodged a bullet. <laughs> yeah. Do- dodged a bullet there. And they, they share a bedroom at the moment. Um, we have got capacity to rejig things around a bit and they can have a spare a bedroom each. But I reckon at least till they both start high school, they'll stay in the one bedroom. I don't know. I reckon it's it's a cool thing to do when you're growing up with a sibling. Yeah. And what age are they now, Pippa and Freya? Uh, six and eight and they'll only be two years apart for a few months or not, you know, two ages apart for a few months. And then um, Freya turns seven. They're actually pretty close in age, only 15 months apart. So, yeah, pretty close. It's busy times. Yeah, it was kind of part of the plan. We had Pippa and we thought, you know, we don't want to have one, let's have two and let's have them as close together as possible and do all the hard work at once. 
which was great. It nearly killed my wife. Just <laughs> totally wore her out with these two small babies. But um, now they're really close in age and it's, I don't know, it's great. They're really good friends. Obviously fight, you know, five minutes in every hour, but it's only five minutes. <laughs> um, and I don't know, it was really hard for a couple of years, but then it just got real easy real quick. Right. And what do you reckon it was that turned the corner? Just a certain switch flicked at a certain age or? Uh, I think it's uh, just a few logistical things, you know. They both get out of nappies pretty quickly together at the same time. You're, you know, pretty young. I think once you just get a few of those things, that once they start just become that little bit more independent, you know, everything starts to get easier. Yeah. And and I find with our girls, uh, Annie and Emily are similar ages, um, when they get their, their different sort of friend networks as well, that had a big impact Yeah, on the girls. Yeah. Hmm. It's actually something that I have to, yeah, I think it's just the way it is with life, you know, having babies and stuff, it can be really hard at times, but, and you forget really quick. And that, that period where you've got a toddler and a baby and the, the baby like up to like 18 months or two years, Oh, for us anyway, that was a really tough time because, you know, nobody's sleeping and um, especially for my wife Jane, her life got totally turned upside down, going from working to not working and everything. And I just have to remind myself all the time now when we're hanging out with friends who have got kids at that age or at that stage of life, you can't just say, oh, we'll see you at the pub at 6.30 or 7 o'clock for dinner or, or, you know, just like, yeah, we'll just head down here and then we'll go there and we'll come back later on because it's just not that easy when they're... <laughs> When you've got little kids that age, and it's funny how quickly you forget. Yeah. Yeah, and and interestingly, when you've got friends that haven't got kids and you've got kids in that early phase, you almost just lose track of or or the relationship sort of wanes for a while because you just can't do the things that you used to do. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, those people that have their kids later, it's funny you see some of them that's like all their friends have had kids and they're sick of turning up and having coffee and just having them talk about kids. Two years later, they have their own kids and suddenly they're all about it. And you're past it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) So um, I guess what's what's been some of the unexpected things of, you know, being a dad, growing up with the girls? Um, What what did you imagine it was going to be like before you and Jane sort of went down this path? I don't know. It's because it's hard to remember what you foresaw. One one thing for me that's... What you shut out. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing for me that's been um, a big change in my life is I grew up one of four boys. I'm, I was the oldest of four boys. So growing up and then, you know, just there was me and my brothers and we all had our mates around and then I ended up going to an all-boys high school and then, you know, surfing's a big thing in my life, which is pretty male-dominated still. And um, so I kind of feel like, you know, up to my 30s, I had a really big kind of male influence in my life and then... I've had, um, you know, two daughters. So I've, I've got a partner who's female and I've got these two daughters. Even our dog is female now. And then once Jane went back to work, which was pretty early, the kids were like, you know, she took a couple of years off. So I was the primary care. I was still working a few days a week. You know, I was hanging out with all these other mums and having coffee. And it's kind of like it's switched to just being surrounded by females. <laughs> it's, it's like I've lived, you know, I'm going to live my life in two halves. The first half is kind of more of a male-orientated thing and now the second half is going to be more female. I don't know. That's pretty a, a, a big kind of interesting change for me. Yeah, that's a massive switch. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and getting back to surfing. So, I mean, that, that has played a huge part in your life, hasn't it? Yeah, I think like most surfers, you get pretty addicted and... um yeah, it kind of takes over your life. It's definitely, yeah, totally. The kind of work I do, where we live, 
how I plan my days and weeks for sure. How far away from the beach are we right now? Oh, I don't know. Maybe 500 meter walk. You can, you can get to look out in, I don't know, a couple of minutes to have a look. Yeah. Very handy. Yeah. Super handy. <laughs> and you, you had a pretty good week last week, didn't you? With uh, the Rip Curl Pro being on. Yeah. The, the Pro was great, especially on the, um, the finals day. And then the day after the surf was really good. I managed to sneak in early and get out to Winky Pot while the Pro was on. And there was just hardly anyone in the water. <laughs> and you had a big great. audience. Well, I don't know if they were watching me, to be honest. I think they were watching the pros, but um, yeah, it was good. And, and like rumor has it, you, you prefer the bigger waves. Oh, no, I don't know. I like all waves, you know. It's always fun. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's funny. Surfing's different to everybody. You know, it's got so many aspects. You hang out with your friends, you're in nature. And, you know, you can really challenge yourself in lots of different ways. And I don't know, I like to challenge myself to surf slightly bigger waves when I can. Yeah. What would be a big wave in, in your sort of mind? Uh, I don't know. When it gets a double overhead, triple overhead, it's starting to get big. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely big. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when your, your head's about three inches off the, the water level. Yeah, it always looks bigger when you're lying yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. And yeah, because you go down the, the coast quite a bit as well, don't you? I mean, work enables you to, you know, sort of shuffle your days around and then go off on safari, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I try and... um. I mean, I don't know, you can still find uncrowded waves here. And I normally when I surf here, I get up really early and try and beat the crowd. But my work, I work for myself and I'm pretty flexible. And if you get in the car and drive for a couple of hours, you're kind of getting away from most people. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, it's a different environment down there. It's, it's really beautiful here, but it's a different kind of beautiful further down the coast, a bit more exposed and wild. Yeah. That's yeah, beautiful. Um, and what is it you actually do, Luke? I am a botanical consultant. Um, and I work for myself so i just have a home office um people need me to write reports for them to get planning permits from council when they're removing native vegetation and um yeah it's worked out great like i said earlier it enabled me when my wife um she managed to get a job and go back to work full time after having a couple of years off with the kids and so then working from home and having a flexible kind of working arrangement allowed me to help out with the kids more and um yeah i had the kids a couple of days a week and we had kind of daycare and care options for three days a week yeah. What was your sort of takeaway from looking after the kids? Because not many dads actually get to do that. Yeah, I felt really lucky. Um, like you say, not many dads get to do it. And and when I was doing it, it was funny. A few dads would say things like, um, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that, you know, at some point. And it's like, dude, your kid's three years old. If you don't do it this year or next year, it's done. You know, you, you've got to, I don't know. Be I, deliberate. You've got to be deliberate. Well, in some ways we were just lucky that uh, my job allowed us to do it like this. Like if I had some more corporate job, which was five days a week, nine to five, and they said, no, you're not doing three days, I don't know what we would have done. It would have been different. Um, but for us, I don't know, for us, it just worked out better in lots of ways. Um, I don't know. If, if I'm at home, like, because once Jen went back to work full time, like I was in charge of, you know, like keeping the house clean and tidy and probably most of the cooking during the week and things like that. Um, she didn't trust me the washing. That was still her job <laughs> to this day. Um, but it just just made home life a lot better because I'm probably like a lot of guys. I'm the kind of guy that if I see something on the ground and I know that you know I could pick it up, or who knows if if it stays there for five minutes, my wife might pick it up. Often it'll just end up staying on the ground. Whereas if I'm at home and I'm like I'm the only one who's doing the cleaning, I'll just pick it up straight away. So I don't know. For us, that changing of me being the kind of homemaker and the primary carer, it just seemed to work out better for us. Yeah. Oh, awesome. 
Yeah, Sarah and I did the same thing when we were over in Adelaide. Yeah. Switching over just for a year. And uh, it was interesting, the sort of the, the, the tag me in, like tag out. Uh, yeah. But uh, I remember being so jealous of Sarah cycling off to work. Yeah. And I just like looked at, uh, watched her sort of go thinking, she gets a whole 15 minutes to herself yeah. on the ride to work. Yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you ever get those sort of moments? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, it wasn't too bad for me because I was only doing two days. I had three days where they were in care of some sort and I was working. So I never, I was lucky that, and my two days went in together. It was kind of nice, you know. You do the shopping, go to the coffee shop, have coffee with someone else, hang out, I don't know, take the kids to the beach. I was, I, for me, it was, I was lucky it was a really good balance, but I was really aware that if I was doing it five days a week or something like that, it would be pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, on the, on the upside, it is so good. And, and, and I certainly felt I had a, a much better relationship with the girls for it or at least spent so much more time with them. Yeah, and I think it's funny thinking back to it now. I'd totally forgotten about it. But when the kids are really little and they're babies and the mum really has so much care of the kids, it's, if something goes wrong, it's just the easy go-to, let's get the mum involved because she'll fix it. Whereas once you're left alone with the kids and mum's gone for like, you know, hours – you have to start figuring out, oh, my God, the kid's screaming. I've got to make this better <laughs> instead of just saying, oh, look, the baby needs breastfeeding, you know, hand over the baby again. Um, and I think that's something a lot of dads miss out on, that having to just totally deal with the kids that's having a tantrum or something and there's no, there's no backup call. You have to figure this one out on your own. <laughs> yep. um, I don't know. I think that's a cool thing to, to have to go through. Yeah. And did you have lots of friends similar age with kids at the same time? Yeah, yeah, definitely around the time. A few of my friends had kids probably a little bit before us and a few after. Yeah, we were, most of our friends were having kids around the same time. Yeah. And where are your uh, respective parents as well? Are they fairly close? Yeah, they live in Melbourne. Um, they're on the western side of Melbourne, so it's like an hour and a quarter away. Um, and, yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been great. They, when the kids were little, they said, look, my mum particularly was like, we don't want to be carers. We're not going to sign up for one day a week. <laughs> we want to be grandparents. And in a way, it was kind of, you know, it was a bit annoying at the time because we're like, well, we kind of need some care. <laughs> but it also made it good because then if you're like, oh, look, it's Friday night. We're going out in Melbourne. You didn't feel bad about hitting them up for babysitting because, yeah. you know, they didn't do it that often. And, um, and now most school holidays, they say, look, we'll have the kids for a few days on the holidays. Whereas if they had them every week, you know, they'd be like see you later and you and jane recently went overseas didn't you yeah oh, i guess it it's feeling like not so recent now it's probably <laughs> 18 months ago or something um yeah and that's something as parents i'd recommend to anyone our kids were how old were they then they must have been four and five i mean we've, we've always been lucky with both my parents and jane's parents that we've been able to have weekends away and things like that um which is really important for your relationship as parents but you had a friend who's getting married in France. And so um, I went over a week early and then Jane came over. We had two weeks together and then I came back um, and she had an extra week on. So we only had to have a week with each of the parents. So, you know, and then was, there was a week with one of us at home with the kids. But, um, yeah, those two weeks traveling overseas, just the two of us, it was really a relationship. It's, it was, yeah, really good. You know, you just kind of reacquaint yourselves. Yeah, you're kind of like... 
Hi, I'm Luke. Nice to meet you. Exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. We still do love each other, and when the kids leave her home, eventually we might be okay. <laughs> yeah, we might still be able to hang out. Yeah, exactly. It was. Um, I don't know. I know it's something that not every couple is certainly going to have the opportunity to do because of you know, whatever finances and having parents look after the kids. But it's something that if you can, it's really important to do. Yeah, and usually it goes to the bottom of the pile. I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and sometimes I meet um, parents that, you know, they've got like a three-year-old and they say, we haven't had a night away from our child since it was born. I'm like, oh my God, how are you guys still together? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I really I really kind of in some ways admire those couples because they can they do it and otherwise I just think they're crazy for not getting a night off somehow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Date night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you mentioned your parents. I mean, because um, they're both teachers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're both retired now, but yeah, they were both teachers. Yeah, what was that like um, growing up with two teachers as parents? Well, I, don't, I guess it's hard to compare because you don't really know what other parents are like. But, um, I mean, it was great. We They all had all school holidays off, you know, and um, we had this holiday home, home in Ocean Grove, which we they kind of built and bought into with um, lots of other family members. And so we'd go down there all the time for all the holidays and they actually built it with so some of my mum's cousins and so all their kids are like our second cousins which you never normally see and so by having all these holidays off and heading down there with our my parents and all these other kids we it was like our extended family was or our tight extended family is way bigger than normal so um yeah in that way it was great i don't know um and i, I don't know if it was because they were teachers but I don't know, my, my parents seemed pretty hands-on parents. I remember they had some books on the bookshelf about, you know, parenting styles and looking after kids and stuff. So um, I, guess, I guess what I'm kind of saying is that they were, they were into it. You know, they weren't just like, oh, we've got kids and we'll yeah. just see what happens. They were like, oh, you've got kids. We've got a responsibility to make sure they turn out good. Yeah. And, and what's your approach, would you say, uh, when it comes to you know, raising the, the girls? Have you read any decent books or...? Um, yeah, I read a few things. I read um, oh, is it Steve Bidolf's yeah his book Raising Girls, um, and I don't know on Facebook. I'm, I think I follow a couple of kind of parenting things that sometimes pop up with interesting um, articles or something like that. Um, I don't. Know, I mean, I don't go crazy. It's not like I'm reading stuff every night, but I try and if I if I see something interesting, I try and file it away and you know keep that for another time. Yeah. Uh, have any particular things jumped out as being like a, a game changer? Um, I did see one, it was a little while ago now, by um, Hamish Blake, the comedian, <laughs> you know. So yep. <laughs> it was, some it was great a, stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a deep uh, post from him, but it said something like um, one day, you know, when you're 80 and you've, you know, who knows, you've retired with heaps of money, you know, you'd probably spend a hundred grand just to come back and have 10 minutes with your kids, you know, when they were like five and six. And that was how old my kids were at the time. And I was like, holy crap, you know, I should really just, just maybe realize, um, make the most of it. Cause you will get to a point where you look back and think, you know, you, you kind of might feel like you squandered some of those times. Cause you're not always going to be thinking, Oh my God, this is amazing. And I love, and I'm cherishing every moment with my kids. But um, just to kind of remind me to do that a bit. And um, actually, the the meditations we've been doing with Sam Harris. Yeah. I know you've done these meditation courses, as, as I have. 
I don't know if you listened to his lesson on um, the last time. No, I haven't. He's he's got the you know the little um, extra sort of lessons extra, in the pack. Yeah, where it's not really meditation; it's just something he chats about. And it's called the last time. And it's about you'll never know the last time you do anything. You know, whether it's I don't know. You know, the last time you play with your friends when you're a kid, or um, you know, the last time you'll maybe go on a holiday to your favorite holiday place, you know, that might've already happened and you might be thinking, no, it'll happen again. And um, listening to that, it really resonated with my kids because Freya, who's six now, so she's getting pretty big. She's always liked to be carried and she still says it now, carry me, dad, carry me. <laughs> you know, mostly when I'm talking to someone. Let me warm up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, dude, you're getting pretty heavy now. Um, but listening to that made me, you know, it just made me think, one of these times is going to be the last time. So I try and pick her up a few, you know, yeah. a few more times. and um, Hit and the weights during the weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, she'll probably be 18 and still asking for it. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's interesting because Annie stopped calling me Dada about two weeks ago. Oh, what is she calling you now? Dad. Yeah, Is it right. only a slight difference? And I don't know what yeah. preempted it, but I sort of just asked her. I was like, what? Oh, you used to call me Dada. Uh, just why the change? Like, I'm not fussed either way. Yeah. And she was like, oh, well, you know, I'm a bit older now. So I just figured dad was just more appropriate. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think those were <laughs> exact yeah. words, but that was the... Yeah. And, um, but yeah, and then Amelie started copying. And I'm like, oh, oh. that's kind of, yeah. Uh, I'm not sad, but it, it certainly was nice when it was there. And it probably won't happen now that they've sort of made the switch. Yeah. Small thing. Yeah, I think it's just reminds you. They're getting older and, and I don't know, I think like your kids are kind of the same age as mine. And I was chatting to a friend this morning over coffee where we both said, this is, this is the golden age. (laughs) Yeah, the glory is. right now. (laughs) Soak it up. Yeah, they're old enough to be fun and they're not just wandering around having tantrums and, you know, crapping their pants, but they're still happy to hang out. Still want to cuddle. Still want to cuddle. And they mostly do whatever you want. And you're like, you know, oh, we're going into Melbourne because it's a friend's birthday and we're catching up. And they're just like, sure, we, we're, we're coming. That's what we do. Whereas, you know, a few more years, they'll be like, I'm not doing that. What's this crappy holiday? Yeah. Why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do this? Um, yeah. I guess just being aware, just, just trying to be aware and live in the moment as much as you can and yeah, know that they're going to get old. Yeah. And what advice would you give yourself if you were, you know, to go back to the start of having kids? Yeah, I don't know. Probably just the same, you know. I don't know. It's that kind of cliched stuff that you hear all the time. Just try and be a bit aware of what's going on and realize that it doesn't last forever. Just hang on to it. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I feel like maybe I don't take enough video footage of the kids, but then I'm like, dude, don't be a loser and get your camera out all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure the kids are saying that. Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know. I just know that I don't have any video of me when I was little and it's like, wow, I wonder what I was kind of like, you know. Um, but then, yeah, you know, you don't want to be video cam dad. Yeah, totally. Although I was reading an interesting piece by Derek Sivers the other day. I don't think it's a recent thing, but his big thing is, um, he reckons journaling has played a big part in his life where he's actually been writing down just a couple of things each day for like 20 years. Yeah. But he gets to look back on himself Yeah. and look at the, the thought processes and the things he was struggling with at that time. And I guess video would be the same, wouldn't it? Like. You look back and you'd see your evolution since yeah. then, I guess. I don't, have you done much journaling? Uh, I've, on and off. Like, I, I love the idea of it. Yeah. I just haven't committed. 
I've done hardly any, but whenever I've found old ones, I look back at a read and it's like, oh my God, what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making it. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm sure if I wrote it down now and then read it in another like, God, probably just a few months, I'd look back and say, what a loser. <laughs> what would stand out? Like, in what way do you think you were? You were? I don't know. I can't, I can't remember exact things, but, you know, the things you get worried about are often as you get older, you realize they're not that important things to worry about. Yeah. You know? What sort of things would you put in that category? I don't know. If it was, depends how old it was. You know, if we're looking back to when I was 16 or something, be, oh, know, being lame with girls or something. Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That conversation I had with so and so. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely when you, when you actually sort of apply the blowtorch a bit to where you were. I, I totally agree. The things you worried about at that time, insignificant or just yeah, a different lens makes all the difference. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe you know. Maybe they are still important things. It just seems not that important now. I don't know. And do you find with having kids, like becoming a parent, a lot of that changes almost immediately? The things that were important pre-kids to post-kids? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Haven't been keeping a journal, so I can't remember what was important (laughs) (laughs) pre-kids. Now, um, one of the things I did want to ask you about was music as well, because it was only two weeks ago, I think, that we uh, saw you performing at the Dean's Marsh Festival. Oh, yeah. And so, and at what stage did you get into music? Uh, year seven, the school I went to had a like compulsory music for everyone in the first year of school. And um, yeah, that was it. I started learning guitar and then from that, I was a really cool guy and I wanted to join the school band, which wasn't very cool. And uh, <laughs> if I wanted to play in the school band, I had to play bass. And so I started learning bass and then that's it. Right. Yeah. And I see the piano in the corner of the room. Is that for you or Jane? Yeah, my Jane gave that to me for my 40th birthday. I I don't know, I'd never really played piano. I think she just sort of looked cool in the house. It does. Yeah, it does look cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know, I'd bash on it now and again. Um, it's been kind of cool to learn something new and hurt my brain a bit on it. Yeah, when you say hurt your brain? Oh, it was um, when I first started especially, and I'm still not very good, but I can play chords and kind of play songs, but just... It, I don't know. I I guess sometimes when you get older, you play it safe and you just do things, you know, that you're kind of good at. And um, it was really hard going back and doing something that I totally sucked at. And it, and it, and it was a real... Consistently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a real learning thing for me that it was kind of made me realize that if something's not uh, difficult and annoying and uncomfortable, then you're probably not learning much and made me think I should make sure I do a bit more of that now, yeah. every now and again. Look for those uncomfortable things. Yeah, because um, it's, I mean, I mean, I kept on playing guitar for like 20 years, but all I'd do is get it out and noodle and play the same thing for 20 years. And it was a nice meditative thing that I did, but I never got any better at it, you know. And so it just made me realize that you've got to make your, well, if, if that's what you're out for, if you want to get better at something, you've got to make that practice deliberate rather than just noodle and yeah, do it to relax kind of thing. And talking about uncomfortable, you how are you going with the Wim Hof training? Because you've been doing that for some time. Oh, yeah, it's been a few years. Um, yeah, it's good. I still do it, um, I don't know, like I do the breathing and the meditation, you know, kind of three or four times a week. And oh, the ice bar is not that much. It's pretty sporadic, but now and again. It's more logistics. The logistics of it, yeah, yeah. Um, but the 
in terms of parenting, the the meditation's been really good for um really good for my parenting. I mean, I'd meditated off and on before that, but just doing it more regularly and being able to have that calmness in your mind because. Like as everyone knows, kids are pretty freaking testing. <laughs> they can push your buttons. They can, for they sure. can really push your buttons. <laughs> and they know where the buttons are. Yeah. And um I don't know. I just reckon totally losing your cool. Like like, you know, showing that you're upset and um, you know, maybe disappointed or even a bit angry, but totally losing your cool. I don't know. For me it's just not something that I kinda of want to have as my part of my parenting. And um that meditating just it just makes you, or for me anyway, it makes me be able to sometimes if they're really driving me crazy, just to be able to step back a bit and be like, you know, don't worry, you got this. It'll kind of don't don't let your um, emotions kind of get the better of you. Yeah. And what meditation did you do beforehand before the Sam Harris program? Um, I just I just set a timer and for anywhere between ten to twenty minutes and just focus on the breath and that's it. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of it. Where where did you pick that up from? Uh, I don't know. You know, you hear enough around that meditation's good for you. And, um, yeah, I just started doing it. Like, the key for me was to use the timer. I remember trying, like, back in my early 20s and stuff and just, you know, I'll just sit here and meditate for a bit and then, you know, you'd kind of peek open your eye after all. I'd be like, this for ages, it's been like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> for real? <laughs> yeah. But, um, but putting a timer on it so then you can just, like, forget about the time until the alarm goes off, that was... Yeah, and you think the big difference? Because I mean, I, I've I've found the same. Um, I remember quite distinctly one particular situation where something had happened that would normally I'd have risen to the bait. Yeah, and I just almost I, I think the question I asked myself was, "What tape am I playing right now?" Yeah, right. And it's almost like I could see the tape. You know, being put into the ah. the, the cassette that was going to play the tape of being angry yeah. and really like upset. Yeah. I went, no, I don't think I'm going to play that tape right now. And it was, a, it was almost like an aha moment. Yeah. And that was through the meditation as well. Yeah. So that, that has been priceless. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon, I don't know for everybody it's good, but as a parent with younger kids, it's especially good. Um, yeah. Like I know my dad, my dad's a really calm guy and I reckon there's literally one time I remember him kind of losing it. And um, so I guess he's kind of a bit of a model you know um what happened uh we used to have these family meetings see this is the kind of thing where i'm like my parents were into parenting like we'd have family meetings and talk about the jobs we're doing and i don't know what things were who was doing this and that and and we were all just arguing and arguing and he like he like banged his head on the table and i think maybe some books or something went flying across <laughs> the room just like everyone was shocked like holy crap because <laughs> it literally never happened before Dad just lost his shit, he just lost his shit. <laughs> and, it, and it never happened again and um yeah I it's don't know. interesting that you remember that though isn't it it's almost like the the events that have such a high emotion emotion attached to them yeah which that obviously would have yeah yeah stick sure. in your memory so vividly yeah yeah I don't even think he said anything. I think he just like banged his hand and then I, I just, maybe the meeting finished. I can't remember we all shut up. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was his approach in general though? Um, or is, I should say. I don't know. He's, um, I don't, he's, he's a great guy. Everybody, um, if I ever meet someone, which doesn't have that much, I'm down, living down here more now, but if I ever met one of his peers somehow, like, I don't know, you know, you're hanging out somewhere and someone's like, oh, someone, this is so-and-so and you're like, 
who are you? I'm Luke Hines. Oh, are you Damien Hines' son? Like, yeah. Like, it happened quite a few times where people would say, your dad is one of the nicest guys I've ever met. And I was like, wow, that's a pretty good badge of honor. Um, but I don't know. He's just a kind of leaky guy that does his thing and, like I said, doesn't let things get to his head and doesn't lose his cool and, yeah, a great role model, especially as a parent. Yeah. Did you ever talk to him about parenting, like when you, you had your kids? No, not really, I don't think. No, I don't think so. And he's um, he's really good. He doesn't hand out um, free advice. Doesn't, what, doesn't what, preach. Yeah. Doesn't preach. Free advice is what my yeah. wife calls it. Let's <laughs> give you advice when you're not asking for it. <laughs> Which, um, I don't know, I reckon as a mum, you probably cop that a lot more, especially when the kids are little. Yeah. Like once the kids are three and four and stuff, I think people think you got it got it sorted um, <laughs> a bit more. But um, no, it's funny. We never really, I mean, you talk about your kids, you know, people say how things going on, you know, the kids are up to this and up to that. And I don't know, people's not tantruming as much these days, but yeah, we'd never, well, we don't really sit down and say, oh, you know, I use this approach when you were little. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, do you actually hang out and have a beer with your dad? Yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know, when we go over there and we're staying the night or whatever, often we'll end up sitting outside and having a beer. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're pretty lucky. He was his 70th and um, me and my brothers normally do a trip somewhere every year for a weekend or something just to get away for the, you know, the four of us. But for his 70th, we all went away with him. Um, so I don't know, that was really cool just to have all of us boys hanging out. Um, yeah, you must have loved that. It was, it was cool. Yeah, and it was funny. My wife said, well, you know, you're going to have to do this to your mum's 70th. And we're like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to have a day spa. But I think <laughs> we, we will go and do that. If she's listening, don't, don't listen. To me. <laughs> it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. We won't be getting our nails done, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I know. I like that. Um, yeah, I think uh, I, I don't get to catch up with dad that much. Uh, I get back to the UK maybe twice a year. But when I do, it's definitely make a beeline for... Just to hang out with him, just go for a, a quick beer or something. He doesn't drink much, but twist his arm, get him down to the, yeah, the right. railway man's arms. And yeah. it's it's just good having one-to-one time, I think. And that's something I don't think I had much of when I was growing up. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah. How come you didn't get one-to-one time? Well, he, he worked a lot. Like he was working shifts and other jobs and all that sort of stuff. Um, I got one-to-one time with him when he was either working on jobs around the house. Yeah like fixing the car or, you know, fixing something in and around the, the house and the garden. And uh, and that was great. And I think that's where I got my love of, you know, handiwork yep. from. Um, but, um, yeah, we didn't actually talk that much. It was just like hanging out. And yeah, right. Just I'd help him yep. and he'd do stuff. He'd sometimes show me how he was doing something, yeah, uh, which was super cool. Because uh, he could fix just about anything. It was, it was uh, amazing. It, you know, you'd, you'd have a broken radio or something and he'd just pull it apart, figure out what was wrong, solder something up and it'd yeah, be right. working within an hour. Yeah. And yeah, you just don't see those sort of skills being utilized these days. You know, nothing gets no. fixed. No, definitely not. It's a real shame because uh, he used to take a lot of pride in that. Yeah. And I think yep. he's a bit disappointed now that he can't do the things he used to do because uh, his, his fingers aren't as nimble and that sort of thing. So he, it's almost like he, he does struggle a bit with having lost a big part of, I guess, his identity. He was a, a fixer, yeah, a maker and fixer sort of thing. He's totally retired now? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's been retired for some time now because um, he's 75. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, get to catch up with him next month, though, so. Oh, cool. Go for another beer. You're going over or he's coming over? Yeah, I'm going over. Yeah. yeah so, nice. uh, just uh, just for a few days, but um, it's always good to touch base, catch up. And yeah. I think, I remember, I think it was, uh, I can't remember which podcast I heard it on, but someone talking about the time you spend with your parents after you leave home is oh. like a, a puffteenth of a percent sort of thing. Yeah, was it? It wasn't 20%, was it? Surely not. I remember hearing that too. Yeah, and it was a real stark reminder of, holy sheesh, yeah. Because when I left school, well, when I left home at age 19, yeah, I had no inkling that that would be me actually leaving home for good. It just didn't even occur to me. Last time. Yeah, yeah, last, think of the last time, time. Totally. Yeah. And, um, and it's not that I, I crave to get back, but I realized that, you know, time with folks is limited. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's good when they come over here. You know, it's the other side of the world, so it is a bit of a, a yomp for them. But um, I try and get back there and uh, make the most of it. So mm. it's good. Mm. But yeah, I don't like looking at that life calendar. <laughs> when, you, when you look at it, you go, oh my gosh. <laughs> Although saying that, it, that life calendar that, um, oh, who was it that put that together? I'll, I'll look it up. But um, I did find it really interesting when it came, comes to the kids and having holidays with the kids because uh-huh. I, I filled it in and sort of got halfway through the the you know the 90 year what what is the life calendar oh i thought we talked about it last time so basically the idea is you have a week a box for each week of the year mm-hmm. so you have a row of 50 boxes across the top of the page mm-hmm. and then you you have 90 rows uh you know each one depicting a year of say if you're expecting or hoping to reach 90 yeah and you you fill in each box that you've currently gone through each week of your life. Oh, yeah. And it gives you a highly represented, rep, uh, visual representation of where you're at in your life. Yeah. And when, when I looked at mine, it's like, oh, my God, it's almost half full. Yeah, right. And, it's, and then I, it was really, it was after our conversation we'd had talking about summer holidays with the kids. And I looked and thought, oh, my gosh, Annie's just eight. Um, and so we're probably only going to have like maybe six holidays. And that's it before She's she'll 15. want to do her own things and stuff yeah. like that. And, and that really hit me hard. And I was thinking, gee, we've got to make these holidays work well. Yeah, you've got to, yeah. got to focus on these things and make sure we're, we're enjoying them and getting the most out of our yeah. time with them and stuff. So Because they'll be different. Like that holiday we had at the prom and your friend, get, what's his name? Uh, Glenn. Glenn. And his daughter, how old is she? 16? Uh, no, she, yeah, oh, yeah, she should be 17 now, I think. 17. Yeah. And then she's... Like seems like a great girl, and they obviously had a great holiday together. But it was pretty different to our holiday. You know, totally she spent a lot of time sunbaking on the beach with a friend, whereas yeah. we were splashing in the river with our kids, checking out Instagram, and yeah, um, which is what teenagers do. Yeah, and that's going to come around pretty quick. Yeah, and Glenn's got three other kids, and yeah. so you know, Meek is the the youngest of those four, and yeah. she's the only one he goes on holiday with now. And and he yeah. he mentioned because I had him on the show, and and he said, you know. That's you know coming to the other end of of that sort of time. Yeah. So, uh, but um, it was an epic camping trip, wasn't it? That was that was a really good one. Um, and it, it's funny talking about this stuff. Reminds me of um, and it's making me feel like I should do it. I remember when I was oh, I don't know how old I was. Must have been maybe ten. And um, I went camping for a weekend just with my dad. And then I think all my brothers got to do it eventually. You just go away for a weekend just with your dad because there was four of us. 
I don't know, maybe my parents thought we needed some one-on-one time. But um, again, that's a, like, you know, that's a pretty like, cool memory I've got of having this one weekend or maybe just a night, you know, just me and my dad. And I'm like, I'm thinking now I need to do it with my girls, you know, because yeah. you never think I'll just take one away and I'll, I'll go and you can have the other one and I'll just take this other one to do something cool. Um, but I reckon I'm going to book it in with, yeah, my wife and do it with our kids. That would be cool. And mm. like you say, it would only have to be a night, wouldn't it? One night, that's it. And it's like, um, I don't know, We I've rewatched um what's that movie, The Inside Out the other day. Yeah. And um, like I reckon they really represented the brain and memories and everything well. And, I, you know, that's totally being one of those kind of core memory things for me. Yeah. Yeah, mm. totally. That That's such a good film. Yeah, really good. <laughs> I think the way they approached it was spot on. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, we. I mean, Sarah and I have talked about doing the camping trips because we just bought a bunch of camping gear. Yeah. Um, during well during the Christmas holidays, and we'd love to do micro adventures like just going overnight. Yeah. And taking one of the kids with us. Oh, so just the the two of you going with one? Well, no, as in like one of us going. One guy. Yeah. Yeah, but we haven't done it yet, so we've got to get yep. on it. Yeah. Doing yeah. these things, you got you've got your what is it? Your Gantt chart with your fifty-two squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. P- put it in. Got to lock it squares. in. Yeah. Well, that was the thing with the camping holiday. Uh, I mean, going down to Wilson's prom with far, four other families mm-hmm. was so good, but mm. it wouldn't have happened if we hadn't talked about it. Sort of. Yeah. Seven months previously, because we went camping last year as well. Yeah. And that works so well with all the kids the same age. Yeah. They're just self-regulated. Yeah. They're like maybe one or two dads having a chat, watching their kids. Yeah. And they're just running riot, having yeah. a ball. And and that for me was a real eye-opener. I was like, like angels started singing, like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is it. This is how you can have an epic yeah. family holiday. Whereas I remember going on holiday previously to Wilson's prom with, it was actually with Glenn. And it was actually quite tough in the sense that, you know, Glenn and, and his his wife Libby, their kids were older. And so they they were self-managing. Mm. And, and we had, I think, Annie and Emily. I don't even think Will was with us then. It was really tough. And we were sort of, I was sort of looking at Glenn going, oh, man, I'd so like to read a book in a hammock right yeah. now. And we just couldn't because we, we were flat out looking after the kids. Yeah. And yet when we went back with the kids all the same age, it just worked. It was, but I think they were just probably that bit older too. Yeah. Because for us, we, we were like, that's one of the best family chemistry we've had. But I think, you know, the kids were... Six and seven, and they're just cracked onto that age where they can look after themselves a bit more. And yeah, I reckon that was that was a big part yeah, of it. We, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we, we, we did well. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a win. <laughs> yeah, but um, but I'm keen to lock in some more this year. I yeah, think. and I'm definitely keen to do. Like, how long did you go with your dad then when you went camping? Was it just one night? <sighs> I reckon it was just one night. Like you know, it's a pretty vague memory, but I reckon it was just one night. You know. Uh, but but that's huge that you remember it as such an important memory. Yeah, cause, cause, but also you think about if you went camping just with your kid for one night, you'd be totally, what do you want to do? It's just you and me. Normally, if you go camping with the family, you're like, no, we're all going on this walk and then we're doing this and that. Compromise after compromise. Yeah, whereas if it's just you and one child and it's like, this is a camping trip where we're just spending time together, it's a bit more about what do you want to do, you know? Yeah, um, totally. Mm. Well... There you go. That's a challenge for both of us. We'll both <laughs> book in yeah. our Better book trips in. with our kids. Okay, done. <laughs> Let's circle back next week. Yeah. Now, um, it, um, thanks ever so much, Luke. I think uh, we'll wrap it up here because I know you've got to get back on to, to work. 
Um, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, really appreciate it. But um, if anyone, uh, well, if anyone would like to reach out to you, mm. what's the best way they could get in touch? Um, well, I don't know, my email, I guess. Uh, yeah, or I mean, uh, w- whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, uh, which my email. So that's Luke, L U K E, at beaconecological.com.au. So B E A C O N E C O L O G I C A L dot com. Awesome. If you're ever starting a website, don't make it that long. <laughs> yeah, great advice. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, yeah, any any last thoughts before we sort of head off? No, thanks for having me on your podcast. I, I don't know. When you asked me, I was like, man, I'm not qualified to talk about parenting. But then I'm like, dude, you're a parent. That's a vet all the qualifications you need. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us are. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, who's a super parent? I'm like, well, I don't know. We're all muddling our way through it. Yeah, that's yeah. the key part of it. Uh, I'm certainly, certainly uh, desperate to find out as many hacks and, and yeah. approaches that'll work, that are working for others anyway. Yeah. And uh, try and uh, emulate a few myself. But um, appreciate the time, Luke. It's been great. And look forward to circling back next week and uh, uh, comparing um, locked-in camping trips. Sounds good. (laughs) Cheers, buddy. Bye. Well, I don't know about you, but I really took a lot away from that conversation with Luke. If you enjoyed that episode and would love to hear more episodes like it, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast platform you use. It's super helpful. Thanks again for listening and enjoy your caffeinated beverage.